to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we'll talk about challenges in the technical communication marketplace. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and I'm delighted to welcome Keith Shingili-Roberts to our podcast. Hey, Keith. Hello there. Hello, everyone. How are you doing over there? I'm doing fine. Doing great. Awesome. You and I, of course, go way back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very, very far back. But for those people listening who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you're up to these days. Back when uh, we both first started in the industry, we were writing on clay tablets and and hacking away with chisels into into stone. But much more recently, <laughs> uh, we what what I what I do and have been doing now for quite a number of years is um, independent research on a website called DitterWriter.com. Uh, my my main domain is uh, for for work related things not having to do with my my full time job is actually on the DitterWriter.com website. And, and I, I started doing this in part because I was growing frustrated at various claims that I was seeing made by others saying that, you know, like, you know, such and such is happening. This is a trend and such and such is happening here is a different trend. And sometimes these things were contradictory and, and sometimes it'd say, people would say that um, like one of the first things that came uh, that made me think about like starting to do actual research in this area was, was the claim thrown about very widely at the very beginning of, of data being disseminated throughout technical writing culture is that it was the fastest growing um, XML standard out there. And while I didn't necessarily disagree with that, it was kind of like, yeah, but how do we know that? So I wanted to sort of do, I wanted to go and and do, do some digging to see if I could actually find some evidence to go and, you know, ascertain if that was in fact uh, the case or not. And, and arguably that answer, uh, the answer to that is, is yes. And that's from, from a long ago. And now there's, there's, there's a new and interesting twist on things, but essentially over uh, like my methodology is basically going to indeed.com, which is the largest job aggregator website in the US and has been so for uh, well over a decade now. And what I have done since um, August of 2011 is that once a month I go in and do a search um, looking for technical writing jobs and other keywords that, that go with that. And then essentially um, then doing you know, fairly basic statistical analyses on, on the results that come out of it. And uh, well, quite recently, there was the 10th anniversary of this and I've started writing some, some blog pieces talking about some what are some definite job posting trends relating to technical writing and structured and unstructured content with, within the industries. So we'll include a link to Ditter Writer in the show notes, or I guess I should say it should be there if you're listening to this. And so tell us about the marketplace for technical writers. What's going on? Is it a good market, a bad market, a buyer's market, a, a writer's market, a a writer's, writer buyer? I like it, a writer's market. Bad. Yes, let's, let's just call it a writer's market. Um, well, let's say that um, the, the good times have come and gone uh, rather quickly. As of um, May of this year, there was um, over uh, 4,400 technical writing job posts. And that is a 10-year peak. In fact, for the most part, technical writing jobs uh, within the States have kind of hovered around the somewhere between the the 3,000 
to you know maybe 2000 mark and that's you know that's talking about all of the jobs across the states that have you know the words technical writer in either the title or the content of the of the actual job posting posting and um up until with without it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that that took a significant hit back in uh, at the beginning days of of covid where essentially there were uh, not not only fewer hires but um you know it things seem to be plummeting but then um i don't want to say post covid because in many ways i'm not sure we're really out of a, the covid era so to speak yet but around the time of of uh, february of 2021 things began to pick up significantly and um as of and i'm just going to check this as of i think it was may of of this year yeah that's that's what i was quoting earlier so as of, as of may of this year we we had over 4400 job postings looking for technical writers and uh which which is great i i believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that there were essentially the economic pressures were people starting to and companies i should say starting to produce things again that actually had a requirement for for people to document exactly what was going on. Now, since then, and keep in mind that this is six months ago. Here we are. I did um, latest stats for October. So again, May of this year, 4,400 technical writer job posts. Uh, right now, 3,300 oh. job posts. So that's that's a drop of, of 1,000 in a rather precipitously short amount of time. Um, I'm not sure if that's the biggest drop I've ever seen um, in the past 10 years. I'd have to have a closer look at it, but it it's going to be pretty darn close to that. So uh, again, you know, what what does this say in terms of um, this doesn't exactly bode well for 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 technical writer jobs uh, at this very moment. Now, having said that, it's funny we're we're actually um, at, at this point we're still sort of at a we're still higher than. Uh, at most points within the past 10 years. So there is a chance that if the economy does do a turnaround, that we may in fact find another uh, climb in the stats. But uh, with, to be honest, with all the doom and gloom, um, you know, that that's out there at the moment, I highly doubt that that's the case. And uh, whereas um, back in May, I, I was basically saying, hey, this is a great time to, you know, put yourself on the market as a technical writer. I really can't say that uh, anymore. Interesting. Although it sounds as though the 30, I'm, I'm going to take the glass half full and say that, you know, 4,400 is crazy. And 30, but 3,300 sounds as though it's still, you know, a, a good number. It's yes. And, and if you consider number. that the average has been around 2,000, again, that's mm-hmm. that's still fairly high. But the, the trend is most definitely going down <laughs> and quick. That's and that's fast. the thing that I'm, I'm remarking on. So, really. so you're looking at this roller coaster and wondering if it's hit the bottom, and it's going to start back up or if it's just we're all going to, never mind, we won't make yeah, a roller coaster yeah. analogy. Keep screaming while you can sort of thing, because I'm sure we haven't hit the bottom yet. So within these limited job postings, <laughs> um, what are you seeing in there? I mean, you know, you've been you've been looking at DITA and DITA writing trends. So what kinds of structured authoring trends are in there or not, as the case may be? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so, so I've been... Uh, Keeping an eye on on all of the the major um, st- XML based standards, so um, I do I keep track of of how many of these job postings again specifically for technical writers, not you know programmers or or you know anything else. 
um, mention um, things like, say, uh, S1000D, uh, SGML, uh, DITA, of course, um, and also just, just plain OXML. There, there does seem to be one sort of fundamental change that, that's occurred over the past 10 years, and that is it appears as though jobs that are looking for people with experience with XML have, in fact, um, gone up. And what's more, more than the number of, like, if you add up all of the numbers of people who are, you know, jobs looking for just DITA, SGML, S1000D, DocBook, um, you know, you, you add all that together and that and the, the number for, for job posts looking for just XML experience uh, is is still significantly higher than that. Now, there are there are some trends, of, you know, the ups and downs of the overall job market sort of de define the overall number of, of these things. But it's interesting to see that that XML and also like a, 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 a keyword like topic come up in, in a lot more technical writing jobs than for any of the individual standards in and of themselves. Now, there's another story here, though, and, and this, this is now, you know, as someone with, with a uh, domain like name like Ditter Writer, this, this is a wee bit concerning with the and this has nothing to do, it seems, with the um, the recent dip in the number of technical writer job postings in general. It, it appears as though um, Ditta is uh, waning in terms of, again, overall job posting. So at its peak, to be fair, Ditta essentially was mentioned in like something like maybe four and a half percent at its peak of all job postings. So and, and they tended to be the same people, like the same crowd. So it, it, so more often than not, it was the the larger companies that have, you know, a real advantage by using Ditta, you know, in terms of like, you know, cost savings, if, if you do any sort of translation to multiple languages, yeah, Ditta is, it's, it's hard to, hard to beat that really, to be, to be honest. But what I'm seeing now is um, it's, it's been getting to be a little bit more in the doldrums and it's, it's actually at roughly half that at, at about, you know, two, two percent of all job job postings across the states. Now, having said that, you know, there that's still, you know, a, a substantial enough number, but it's dropped and I'm I'm sort of racking my brains as as to what has changed to to make that happen. I I have some ideas, but again, I'm I'm not I can't I can't say that I'm I'm 100% sure that that's the case, but here I'll 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 present my ideas to you and please I, I would I would love it very much if you could just you know let let me know what you think and and I'll you know, I, I might, I might yeah okay so <clears throat> so as I said as I said earlier there's um, a large you know did it my my experience is is that Tida tends to be used by the largest companies by like companies that typically have five thousand or ten thousand people or more working with it. And, and the reasons for that is that there are essentially economies of scale um, when when working with data. I mentioned the the localization aspect of things before, but um, you know if you have a, a lot of products and you can share content between uh, those products in in the technical manuals or engineering manuals, again it the the efficiencies that you can get from using structured authoring like data again looking at this purely from a business perspective rather than from a writer's perspective makes a whole lot of sense but having said that another interesting trend that i noticed that it, that goes along with uh, the the drop in in data is the 
to me the rise in frame maker in this and and not too long ago i think i was saying a couple of years ago i was seeing that the trend for um frame maker was that it was it was steadily going down and I, 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 I'm pretty sure I did a post saying that, I mean, not, not that, that FrameMaker was dead, but um, that, it, that it wasn't very healthy at, at this point. And, and my, my, my thinking at the time was that, well, you know, maybe did is coming to the fore and structured authoring tools are, you know, such as, say, Oxygen um, are, are coming, coming more to the fore. But the, the recent resurgence in FrameMaker and the decline in, in Dita makes me think that and, and again here's my theory that that um what we're seeing is that there's more of a push for technical writing jobs at the moment within within smaller companies for which having standalone frame maker licenses working on the desktop as opposed to say working within adobe experience manager and that's a that's a whole other subject <laughs> i keep i keep track of that as well i i suspect that what's going on is that we're, we're seeing um, a lot of, of hires of individual writers within smaller firms rather than larger firms who are, you know, looking for people with experience with Dita. So that's, that's, that's my thinking. Any, any, any thoughts on that, Sarah? Well, of course, you know, you have the data and I don't. <laughs> so uh, unfair advantage, but, but a couple <laughs> of thoughts. And one is that I, I would be interested, I don't know, I don't think this is going to be in your data, but it would be interesting to speculate around the question of whether the turnover is actually higher in, let's say, FrameMaker-based jobs than DITA-based jobs, which would then account for more FrameMaker jobs. And the obvious, uh, you know, anecdotal speculation would be that the FrameMaker people are retiring. And need to be replaced. Oh, that's an angle I hadn't thought of. Yes. Okay, well, and again, fair. I have zero evidence. So you make of that, you know, whatever you want. But it, it might be interesting to go back and look at, instead of looking at percentages, to look at the raw numbers. So, you know, 10 years ago, it was 100 DITA jobs a month. And now it's still 100 DITA jobs a month, but there are more jobs. You know, right. there's FrameMaker right. jobs and Markdown jobs and this, that, and the other thing. I'm also very curious as to the percentage of jobs that don't specify tools, right? That just say, we need someone who can write these kinds of things. I mean, right. most of the jobs I see are like, um, you know, industry experience in thing is helpful. You know, medical right. device is very exactly. helpful. Uh, PS, we'd love it if you had these tools. But mm -hmm. usually, not usually it's common not to require the tools, right? It's common to require domain knowledge and yes. then say tools are a nice to have or a you know strongly preferred, but not an absolute requirement. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I obviously you've, you've got this data that shows things are going uh, up and down and sideways. Uh, but in terms of FrameMaker specifically, I do wonder if that's a case of these groups have been chugging along quite happily and now they're losing people to extra attrition. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I can also say that that what, what was interesting of uh, and again I'm talking from personal experience here, but what I, what I have seen is um, with, during during COVID there were some people um, that either I worked with or that I knew in other companies that were working um, like essentially they were planning to retire 
when COVID hit and then they were asked essentially to look, could you just stay on a little bit longer until we, we, we get, get through this. And, and, you know, as you say, maybe, maybe that's part of what's going on there. Maybe there's, yeah. I mean, that this... though, though I don't know why that would necessarily hit frame, frame maker um, job posting specifically because you think that would be across the board, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, um, but I'd be I'd be interested to to find out more. What about some of the other tools that are out there? I mean, of course, your focus is on Ditto specifically, but you know, if we're going to talk about not Ditto, then Markdown, Flare, Polygo, what do those look like? Yeah, now now the now the interesting thing is that, and this this is this sort of echoes what you were saying earlier is that. Uh, and and again, I've been I've been doing this actually not fully for the ten years, but for probably like something like half of it. And and I've been throwing in the names of of major tools, so that would include things like say um, Oxygen or WebWorks or you know back in the day Dreamweaver and so forth. Um, and and more more specifically, looking at things like um, uh, Astoria, um, SDL, which which of course is is now. Um, uh, RWS. Oh, actually, what is it? Sorry, what is SEO? RWS. <laughs> yeah, I, I should know off this offhand, but I don't. Anyways, um, and now also very recently things like Poligo and and Hareto and Vasant. But the interesting thing is that much much as you were saying earlier, the trend in job postings is is very rarely to talk about or to specifically mentioned tools. So those those numbers are very typically in. You know the numbers that you can count on one, uh, occasionally two hands, uh, and 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 very rarely higher. What 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 does um, uh, come up much more often is is um, uh, job job postings um, that are looking for experience with a and I'm going to say a CMS as opposed to a CCMS. It's uh, the 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 numerical difference between the two is is significant. So so some sort of you know, CCMS mean sorry, CMS meaning some sort of of, of structured authoring tool, but it, but again, the you know like the numbers are not are not huge, so it's it, I don't want I don't want to claim that you know a significant percentage of all tech writing jobs require or are asking for CMS experience. Again, it's it's in the you know link low single digit percentages, but but it 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 is there. Um, but if you come to the other to the other vendors, um, yeah, almost. Not not almost never, but but it, it rarely comes up. However, uh, as you were saying earlier, um, you know, if if you do have the experience, like please, you know, if you have experience with particular tools, mention them in your CCMS. You know, as a former and you know still current hiring manager uh, where where I work full time, uh, yeah, those things matter. But but from a job posting perspective, we you know we have to be a bit more. Um, you know, have to ca cast the net wider, so to speak. So, so on on the whole, you don't see a whole lot of of those things of interest. Um, just very recently, I I am seeing um uh, Poligo coming up, uh, in the in the number of um of, of CCMS things. So so clearly they're making they're beginning to make a dent, um, much more so than long established players, uh, in the market, for example. So I I just find that interesting. And and of course, um, Sarah and I, uh, you know, we we both know that uh, Poligo works with its oh uh, Docbook, Doc mm -hmm. and the thing is that if I if I you know, if I look at the number of times Docbook is again mentioned, I mean, it, I, I I pretty famously declared that Docbook is dead, because like from a from a hiring perspective only, 
because nobody is looking for people with that experience. And yet here comes Poligo and they've, they have done, you know, such a, such a good job with the, with the interface of, for, for, for their particular CCMS that I suspect that many people using it. And, and I'm sure this almost never gets to the, to the, you know, the HR people who are cobbling together the job postings that, um, you know, that, that, you know, do you have actually um, experience with, with DocBit? Because in a way it, it's more the, the, the CCMS that they're, they're interested in this particular case than the standard. All right. Which is, well, that's a really interesting point, right? Because, you know, you've been looking at, are the job posts asking for ditto? Yeah. So to a certain extent, you you would then say, okay, well, what about DocBook? Except no, because it's been, uh, I don't think rebranded is, is exactly fair, but let's say subsumed mm-hmm. in the sense that that is what, what underlies Polygo, but it's not really a topic of conversation. Right. Um, is there, are there any other conclusions that, I mean, we always want to know what the CCMS market share is. That's like the first question anybody asks. And are there any inferences you can draw from what you're seeing about, so it sounds like Poligo's doing well. Is there anybody else out there that's doing well or not so well not, from a Not really point in terms, yeah, the, no, the numbers are just not high enough to, mm-hmm. to really come up with any sort of strong conclusion as to. Um, you know, who, um, as of what the marketplace is when it comes to job postings. Now, for, for that sort of thing, um, uh, I, I have done some research, uh, but, but not recently, but I have done research um, using LinkedIn information and people saying, uh, you know, what, what sort of CCMS CC they're using and com- compiled uh, the, the list of companies that are using uh, Dita, which is also on the on the Dita Writer website, based on that information. Uh, but but I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit that that information is beginning to get a little bit out of date because um, uh, I was I was paid to do that type of research before, and um, now that I have a have a full time gig, that's 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 something take, that takes a lot of lot of time that I simply don't have anymore. So. So, uh, so I have no additional insights into the CCMS market at, at this point in time, at le- least not from not from this data. So, what what about Markdown? Ah, now that now that that's also interesting. Now, I I think one of the, one of the one of the ironies that that comes up is you know pe- people are saying well you know Markdown is is the new new shiny thing so to speak, which, which is funny because it's actually been around longer than Dita. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and of course it's also a, an unstructured format. Uh, so, you know, there, there's the continual, you know, sort of dynamic of, of structured content that, that, you know, it requires more upfront effort to, to make it work. Um, but then the payoff is being able to do, you know, some really interesting things with it. And, you know, there are all sorts of you know, interesting buzzwords that come around structured content, you simply don't get with uh, unstructured content, with such such as Markdown. Having said that, there has been a real interest in, again, in, in, in job job posts, technical job posts that are looking for Markdown experience. And um, quite recently, in fact, I think within about the past year or so, the the request for people having markdown experience now exceeds that of of Dita. and and i think at least in part that that has to do with um the fact that the Dita numbers are at least at present going down so uh so yes there there in in the graph there is and there's that moment where they intersect and then markdown continues to to grow though and now i say, i say that 
given that the entirety of the job market has has fallen down rather precipitously in the past couple of months, you know the markdown numbers as absolute numbers go down, but but the percentage uh, certainly continues to increase. So I guess um, in kind of wrapping this up, the question that probably everybody wants to know is, you know, if I'm out there in the job market or I'm trying to get into technical writing, but, you know, if I'm looking for a tech writing job, then uh, you mentioned make sure to include any, you know, CCMS type of experience on your resume because you just never know. But what would you advise people in, you know, when they are, if and when they are looking, what is that? What's that thing that you would say, look, if you can prove that you have this, your job search will go well. Are there a couple of things that people can and should focus on? Um, I, w- I would say that one of the best tools out there is, is definitely going to be LinkedIn. And more specifically, um, okay, so I, I mentioned earlier the, the companies that use, you know, that are using DITA, that's on the DITA Writer website. So if in fact you do have, you know, DIT experience or you you you, you want to get experience, go through that list and see if there's any companies listed there that are in your area that, um, you know, that, that, that would be a good one, good, good one to start with. And then once you've done that, use LinkedIn's uh, searching capabilities, such as they are, to, uh, you know, see if they're, uh, see if you can sort of narrow down things further, find out if there are technical writers who are, you know, working at the local, you know, the, the location that's local to you, and then try to figure out what are the tools that, that they're actually using. And, and, you know, more often than not, they, they will, they will say what they're using. Um, and, and then from that, you can, you know, construct a, 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 a resume that, that, you know, targets specifically the tool use and, and, or standards that, the, that they might be using. Similarly, if there's any potential, you know, like if, 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 uh, it, it also helps to, be a member of the um, of any sort of uh, technical authoring or organizations that can also help you with with um, things like networking. But that's a couple of what I hope are sort of practical tips on on how to go about that. Awesome. Well, Keith, I I really appreciate this. I think we could keep going for a very long time. Part two. Part two. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm afraid cut us off there. Uh, we'll we'll come back next year and see sure see thing. where your numbers yeah, yeah. are. No, so yeah. so no, thank no, you no and thank, thank you for you. your time and thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links. Mm-hmm.